1: You're listening to Griefcast with me, Carrie Adloyd. How do we actually grieve for someone? How does it change and evolve as we get older? My dad died when I was 15, and it took me many, many years to be able to express what I had gone through. So I decided to create Griefcast a chance to talk, share, and laugh about the weirdness of grief, death, pain, and agony, but with comedians. So it's not that depressing, I promise. It's bleak, but you'll laugh as well, which for me is a perfect night in. Each week on Griefcast, I talk to a different comedian about their own personal experience of grief, as we remember someone special that they had lost along the way. It's not easy to talk about death, but it does help if you've chosen a career designed to hide your true feelings about anything emotional. Whether it was long ago, or you've just lost someone, We've a chance to talk about the peculiar human process of
0: death. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more.
1: You will most definitely recognise Katie from playing Daisy in BBC sitcom Not Going Out. And some of you will also recognise her from the brilliant and shamefully cancelled Anna and Katie show on Channel 4. uh, YouTube it. I think you can YouTube it. It's very good. Katie spoke to me about her best friend who died very suddenly in 2015. She wanted to keep the details of his death private as she's not a family member. So we don't go into what exactly happened, but we do as ever talk a lot about grief and also this week dealing with it through medication. Welcome to Griefcast. I'm joined today by actor, comedian, writer, all-round brilliant lady, Katie Wicks. That covers it. So, who are we
0: remembering today? God, you know, it's a funny. um, Just the word remembering, it's Mm. really, it's really like I'm still struggling with talking about them in the past tense. Oh yeah. So it was quite recent then. Um, Well, yeah, I'm. It was the year anniversary. after a year <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. it's a, it's about a year and a, and a quarter that's still it's just fresh bit, yeah. Yeah. it is still quite fresh I'm definitely he was my best friend of about 24 years oh my goodness wow he was like a brother really but it's funny I'm, I'm writing about him quite a lot at the moment which I'm finding really cathartic but for some reason I, f- I think because I wasn't officially we weren't Blood-related, yeah, and because he was so intensely private, I sort of was wrestling with: well, can I the ethics of talking about him, and can yeah. I write about him, and you know, make money off it? <laughs> all that's about money, but um, but I sort of feel like it's it's okay for me to talk about my experience of yeah losing him, yeah, which is all I can talk
1: about. It is really hard with. Grief, because I've I've written stuff about my dad, and then I've had to be aware of, you know, he has two brothers who mm. are not. Uh, one of them is very private, mm. but you can only talk about your experience. I think you own that. Yes, no one could take that from you.
0: And similarly, I I've been writing about my father, who is in the sort of very late stages of dementia, and oh gosh. so I again I can't. I think there was a moment I tried to ask his permission about whether I could maybe write about. Again, not him, because he is, like, insanely private, but whether I could talk about my experience of being in relation with someone who doesn't know who I am. Because it is quite a profound experience. Um, And, yeah, I've concluded again, I sort of feel like as long as I just talk about it subjectively, that it's okay. Yeah, I think so. I think he'd be okay with it.
1: I think so. As long, well, and obviously he was a very close friend of yours and I think you know in your
0: heart how someone would
1: feel about it even after they're gone
0: yeah and I was just thinking on the way here how um, I was just thinking how actually how upset he'd be if he could see how it's left me Mm -hmm. and how and what a mess it's left me I think he would be he would be so devastated if he could see the impact it's had on me so I sort of feel like not like he owes me, but <laughs> that, that, that I also think that he would see that it's quite brave to talk about this stuff. And actually something has slightly cracked open in me because of this experience. Mm. Because it is like a club. I know that's a bit of a cliche, but I really no, it do is. think... It really is. Once you've experienced losing someone you love... I hate to say something so pretentious so early on, but there's a poem, <laughs> there's a Dylan Thomas poem in the last line is I think it's something I'm paraphrasing which is terrible ruining the poetry but I think it's something like after the first death there is no other. Yeah. And when I read that I thought yeah I I that's that's how it feels the first death. It's I, it's I a big moment.
1: The club thing I I never minded like when people joined the club because I felt like obviously I was very sad for them that they now understood how I felt but you don't mm-hmm. It is a club, it is an understanding, yeah. it is
0: just like, Oh, okay. It is get but it. but also it it also feels like each grief is it comes with its own in its own context as well. Mm. Because with my friend's death it was very sudden, very tragic, no goodbye. And sh- the shock of it was actually yeah. the thing that affected me the most. I I felt like looking back actually that I had a form of, of post traumatic stress. Oh I'm sure I think, yeah, the sudden death is really literally we texted on a Tuesday as per on the Thursday he was dead and this was after oh like 24 years and I think the shock the thing I mean I'm i am kind of amazed my hair didn't just fall out yeah. it felt like my my body kind of went into free fall it was such a shock but with my father it's it's a slow mm. prolonged goodbye it's a different kind of grief and it's, it's strange that they're overlapping yeah. and at times I go oh, who am I grieving this person or this person and it Sometimes it's all one big loss and it reminds me of other losses and sometimes I I have this really specific thing of like, oh, today I'm thinking about this person. Mm. Oh, no, I'm now I'm thinking about this person.
1: It's hard I think when there's a lot of grief. Yeah. Like it, it is tricky. Because it is such a big amorphous thing. And mm. I think you're right, they're completely different.
0: Yeah. Because I had yeah. a
1: my dad was diagnosed in February and then dead by the April. So it's like a quite quick cancer one. For can- yeah. for can- as cancer goes, most people get it, like the year, two years. So I always felt yeah. it was quite quick. But I had a friend recently who oh, lost her son, um, it's very suddenly and it was seeing that side of it, I was really like, Oh God, this is a completely different world of pain because it's because your you know, your body is not even remotely
0: prepared yeah. for what's happening. So how did you meet him? Like so you met did you meet at we school? I've been trying to work it out because I've been writing about him I think we were about fourteen. I can't remember. It's funny. I don't remember one specific moment, but I remember little, little like drops here and there. I remember sort of meeting him. I remember having maybe a really brief conversation just outside the RE block. <laughs> I, I think he said one thing, and I remember thinking, "Oh yeah, he's he's good. I like him." And then I, but I think our I think our friendship got cemented when we both turned up for GCSE drama. Oh yeah, I remember that's the time it got cemented and. From that point, I'd say, I don't think it's over-romanticising to say we were in touch sort of every day. We were quite inseparable, and then there was definitely a a period where sort of the gang, we were kind of in a gang, and most of us went off to university, as did I, and he didn't, he stayed in Cardiff. He had a sort of slight wilderness years, he was a Mm. bit kind of lost. I think he did a, maybe he went to art school and then didn't complete or something. You know, he kind of had his troubles. I mean, everyone does at that age. But there, there was definitely a period of, I, remember, I think it was the split of those that went off to uni and those that yeah, stayed at home. Yeah. What really breaks my heart about it, I'd say the last seven, eight years, we'd become, there was like a new level of intimacy in our right, friendship, yeah. which was so intense and really rare that it was such an intense friendship. And he, he didn't come to London that often, he didn't like it. So a lot of it was, was heavily phone based. Right. But yeah. we would, you know, text several times a day all the time. And I can't bring my I'm not yet ready to delete. I've still oh, got God, his no, number. No, yeah, of course. I've of course. still got all his WhatsApp, yeah, his yeah. emails, his and there's this, there's a stupid thing that every time I got a new phone I would save his name as A and then his name. Mm. So that his name was at the top of my phone oh, yeah. to ring straight away. But I can't I'm not ready to delete anything.
1: I don't know if you I don't have think. To. I will, no, 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 don't.
0: So, yeah, the last sort of seven, eight years, it became very intense. And that's also what's been very lonely about this grief, is that not many people in London knew him. And not many, I don't think many people, certainly, like, I suppose people in comedy probably never met him. Because mm. it would always be that I'd probably go and see him when I was in...
1: And that separation of proper school friends are yeah. a completely different club. The comedy friends because they knew you oh, and yeah. you didn't know anything about yourself yeah. and you were a complete mess and all well, of that stuff. It
0: sounds dramatic, but it, it's like your childhood dies with them. Yeah, because, of course. Yeah,
1: all those memories. Yeah,
0: we we completely formed as people together, and just things like all the stuff we talked about the future, mm. and there was so much optimism with him towards the end, and he had a child, and I from the point at which he had a child, I thought, well, now I don't have to worry about him. Yeah, because. He'll be fine. It feels like a contract's been broken. It feels like he's left me. Yeah, I feel somehow slightly. Have you got the anger? Are you at the same? You're sort of oh, angry with them. Uh, well, yeah. There was lots. Yeah, I mean, I. It's really interesting. Like, I feel like I do this a lot. You probably do the same. If I want to understand something, I'll I'll try and go and read about it. And all this stuff about the kind of stages of grief and stuff. I I never felt like it was linear no. like here's the bit where i do this here's the bit yeah where I, do I agree it's, I it seems it to go in these weird cycles mm. i mean i ended up in a psychiatrist's office because i just wasn't coping and then i've i've been on medication to cope and i'm just now coming off the medication so i feel like i wasn't coping i mm. was i realized it, it. it was sort of a delayed grief and the way it manifested itself was just anxiety and... Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a lot of anger, but sort of turned inwards. Mm. And I just wasn't coping, like, looking back. It was j- it was just the shock of losing him, I think. It yeah. was just too much to accept. And my little brain still can't quite accept. I think anxiety is quite
1: common. I, I yeah. suffer from anxiety, which for years I just thought was... Me, yeah, <laughs> I thought, but oh, I'm just was a bit of a warrior, normal. And then I have now, again, having been finally gone to therapy, have finally gone, oh, your dad died quite suddenly. Yeah. And so you suddenly went, oh, I can't trust anything. I can't. And I think if you have quite a quick one, it's sort of I always describe it like the tablecloth got moved. Yeah, so
0: definitely. you then,
1: nothing seemed, you like, yeah, maybe it's not real, maybe nothing is real. Like it's like everything yeah. has shifted slightly, and also
0: I lost a um, sense of safety, yeah, in the God, future. Yeah. I thought nothing is quite as it seems now. Mm. People can just go at any time things happen. Yeah,
1: it's that hor- it's a really <laughs> yeah. horrible realize and that's the club. The club yeah. is there's people out there and I always say like they have like this happiness in their eyes yeah. when they and they'll talk about the future like anything is possible. Whereas if you're in the club you're like I know at any point anyone yeah. could fucking go.
0: <laughs> like, so you're never well, quite well I feel like I mean I'm, I felt that a little bit on the happy pills again. Yeah. And which I never thought I would need that. I've never taken anything before, but my God, it was just, it just gave me a little break. Yeah, of course. It just course. gave me a break yeah. and made me realise what, what hadn't been normal for a mm. long time. I thought I was coping, but actually I, I do think there's maybe, and how can you ever know when you've grieved properly and you're yeah. done? Maybe it goes on and on, but. I, uh, I don't think grief is a, a done thing. I no. think it just, it gets easier and then it gets harder again. Do you remember the first day when you thought, oh, I haven't, I didn't wake up thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. The first yeah. day where you didn't think about it. Thank God, yeah. And, oh, I didn't think about it today. Or the first day, I remember waking up all the
1: time and you'd you remember it, because yeah. I'd think, oh, why, I was so sad last night. Oh, yeah, because my dad died Like, But that moment where you're like, oh, God, I was in a really bad mood. Why? Oh, yeah. Hang on. Yeah. Carry That's The day, the day like, of the
0: anniversary. Oh, yeah. I didn't think I'd give a shit. I just <sighs> thought... Yeah, anniversaries matter I'm for some never, weird reason. I never pay attention to things like that. Yeah. And I arranged to do some things with friends and I just felt angry and like I wanted to be alone. Mm. And I wasn't... I don't know if I was with people I felt confident enough to just sort of say yeah so I there was a sort of just a weird tension I think you get
1: better at knowing what to do on the anniversary yeah I think I had a couple of really bad ones because I was like I'm fine I'll go out and get pissed and then you're in the club weeping and yeah. no one understands I think you get a bit I had one a couple of years ago like a couple of years out of nowhere completely fine and I couldn't even speak to my husband I was like you just have to leave me alone and I walked around London for like six hours Oh, and it yeah, came out yeah. of not, like I'd been fine, I hadn't been sad. But it was luckily enough because I'd been through it so much now, I was like, Oh, I know what I need to do. And I need to not be with anyone. Yeah. <laughs> and Walking's good.
0: Yeah, just walking, oh, there walk, was walking. Total hibernation yeah. for months. I knew that I, I knew that I had to somehow try and work it out privately. Just having this strange conversation of just how I was going to deal with it. But, and also, I didn't talking about alcohol. I, I I didn't drink. It's funny. Some people, I think, their way of dealing with it is to drink yeah. through it. I went the other way. I was too scared to drink. I didn't drink for five months oh. because I just knew I'd lose it. Yeah, yeah I yeah. just knew I'd yeah. lose it. I couldn't. I couldn't take the risk of drinking mm. alcohol because it, it sets. Oh my god! Like it sets me off when someone hasn't died. So I couldn't <laughs> imagine what would happen yeah. if I drank.
1: That's when, because I was 15 and I remember I equally went the other way. My, a lot of my friends were at that point where they started drinking, started taking drugs, and I was the stone cold sober one because yeah. I just knew I couldn't open that door. And my friends, obviously, who didn't understand were like, I just have a drink, like, or take this, like, what's wrong with you? And I stopped, you know, I changed my friend group pretty quickly because yeah. it was like, oh, yeah, I just can't. I can't. It's not safe for me to down a bottle yeah. of Archer's anymore like I used
0: to <laughs> last That's year. That's so like, interesting because. A dear friend of mine, she lost her mum when she was about twenty-four, mm. and we were friends then. And I said to her the other day, I was like, "My God, like, how did you, how did you cope when we were friends and that happened to you at 24? Because obviously we were friends at that point, and you do all you can. But looking back, I felt like I probably didn't do enough because I didn't know well, what to you do. Didn't I was 24. Know. yeah, exactly. And she said that it was hard that at that age most people's priorities were like what skirt should I wear or yeah, yeah, and yeah. she was dealing with that and she said I think you just park it I think you just park it and know that you'll have to deal with it when you're 35 or yeah. whatever I got very
1: good at knowing who could handle it and who couldn't Yeah. so if somebody yeah. hasn't they're not in the club or they're just they're not particularly they yeah. just don't have they just can't cope with it and you just go okay
0: you know what you just you don't, can't yeah. deal with it but don't you feel like you'd know how to handle it now when someone well hence oh yeah yeah,
1: yeah yeah well definitely I, like I, you're a good
0: grief person
1: yeah <laughs> <laughs> well that was the weird thing because I, I which I sort of take comfort in in some weird way that like because I was very young when it happened to my older friends so you know I had a friend who lost one at 18 or 21 they yeah. would come to me yeah because it's like oh well you you know Carrie had nose and I yeah. would get phone calls from friends of friends being like oh yeah. you know so and so's dad's died. can you call them because I don't know what to say so I became this point of reference yeah. and I got very good at being like okay this is it let me tell you that you'll be fine and um, I sort of took comfort like oh will at least at least that came out of it. Yeah, like at least absolutely. I can help. And when my, you know, he was then my boyfriend, now my husband, his dad got cancer, and it was again. He was, I think, he's about twenty-seven. It was a big shock. First kind of thing that like that, that happened. I was able to sort of go. I I know. I kind of know what's going on. Yeah. And I was to able to expect. help him, which it it wasn't pleasant, <laughs> but you sort of go, oh well, at least it's oh, at least you feel useful. At least something yeah.
0: useful. It is. Um. It is interesting how it how people deal with it all so differently yeah it's it such is. a unique and private experience
1: and you said so you were like texting on the t- So how did you find out you just got a text
0: well it was odd how i found out i was was working was filming and i was in it was actually horrific i found out i was filming and it was a mock <laughs> castle right okay a mock victorian castle and there was no phone reception and yes, I think I think our last conversation our last text conversation which is still there, except well, I I mean I still text him. I text him now cuz I can't help it. The last text on the Tuesday was something like are you around tonight? Yeah, try me at 9. And I tried him at 9 and didn't answer. Which wasn't like him. That was the last exchange. Yeah. That was on the Wednesday, sorry. And then the Thursday it was in my little trailer. Oh yeah. You get a trailer. <laughs> Tiny rose. <room. laughs> not in the not in the bus. <laughs> And I got a, like a Facebook message from his brother mm. saying, I don't know if you've heard anything, but can you call me? Uh, and at that point, I I, I kind of, I did expect the worst. I don't yeah. know, because that's, I'm not really friends with his brother. That's like a very odd thing to happen. Yeah, yeah. I sort of, I knew that something quite serious had happened, but I didn't, you know, I didn't quite know what to think. So I sort of just spent, the day in a bit of a daze going oh yeah and I should sort of respond to that mm. message but then I got whisked off and had to work And I said, mm-hmm. there was no reception in this fucking castle, it was freezing it was very surreal because I had a job to do and yeah. it just I had to get on with it, it was like a really high pressure day, there was just no time to kind of pause, it was all like and there was no yeah, there was only internet in this thing and So I think I did send him a message back, and I said, look, I've only got the internet. Can I call you tonight? And then my other really good friend called, and it was the three of us in a really tight friendship group. I got a missed call from her, and at that point I knew something had really happened. And then it gets a bit cloudy because I still hadn't had it confirmed, but I had one more scene to do. And to this day, I I don't quite know how that scene happened I mean it was it wasn't a particularly interesting or noteworthy really scene but oh man so you have I to had to go and to, do like, the scene I think I had to go into a library and like pull a book off a shelf oh, and God. say something like oh this is the book or something and <laughs> I remember just doing it and this voice was screaming in my head saying oh. I think he's dead I think he might be dead oh, and I was God. just like doing a scene and I remember thinking like this is the craziest juxtaposition I- I've ever known <laughs> But I don't know what to do other than finish this scene. And then it, it still couldn't... And then I uh, got a car home. And it was me and two other actors who I knew-ish, but not that well. Yeah, and this yeah. driver. And as I got in the car, I saw that the brother had sent a message back with... The news so mm. it became official in this car
1: oh, with, man,
0: with these two sort of oh. near strangers and i just had to look out the window and i just went into survival mode i just mm. went to like okay this has happened this is absolutely your life will never be the same again this is totally devastating um but okay this has happened the the other actors sort of got out because the the sort of shame and weirdness of mm. me turning to them and going you'll never guess my best friend just died mm. <laughs> Then, it, then they left, and it was just me and this driver. Oh, God. And he started talking about oh, his no. brother's garage. Oh, God. And I remember staring at the back of his head and just, like, wanting it to, like, explode, mm. like, in a Matilda way. Of I thought, course, If I just course. stare at him, I remember just thinking, I can't fucking believe this. I cannot fucking believe that I have to sit with this man <laughs> and listen to his story. I re- I don't know how I held it in, but I, I felt I wanted to scream at him. You don't understand what's just happened.
1: I think it's very weird what what happens this kind of like you said this strange survival mode yeah. where you're there's a you talking to people laughing smiling and then the inner you screaming Yeah, and it's really weird because you can see both really clearly
0: yeah also what I've struggled with is the sort of passivity of the whole thing mm-hmm. the idea that there's nothing I could do, nothing you could do yeah. other than and accept it and you're far it. away from them you're
1: filming there's nothing yeah. and it's happened I and guess. I still
0: have it now I still have the sense of um I almost think there's something quite narcissistic about it. At like, well, this can't. I mean, this hasn't. This isn't my life. This hasn't yeah. happened to me. There must be a way out. This I, I don't know. It's not nice. happened. I think that's how we all
1: feel. Mm-hmm. You all There's a big why me. It's really hard because you're right. It makes you feel very guilty of like, well, why not you? But. You can't help it as a human. People are like, well, what? But why is not fair? Yeah,
0: it's not fair. It I was <laughs> the anger. I definitely had that thing of looking at people and going, why are you alive? Oh god! Why yeah. the fuck are you alive? <laughs> yeah. And my friend, who is a million times funnier and smarter than yeah. you, yeah, not alive. Like, how does that work? <laughs> why are you alive? And that sense of um, the, the universe carries on, yeah. doesn't give a shit. Your body carries it. on. Like yeah. you still yawn and pee. Like everything's just normal. Really strange the way the rest of the world carries on. I remember, like, not about three days after it happened, I went to a read through and I should have cancelled. I don't know why I didn't. And I turned up and then within about 10 minutes, I just started crying, just sobbing. Oh, man. And I remember this runner who I'd never met before was just kind of looking at me, <laughs> saying, Are you okay? And I just said, No, I think I have to go. And I didn't say, I just left again. Mm. But it was quite all, you know it was quite a bold thing to do. Because yeah, it, was yeah. a, it was in front of BBC, <laughs> sex God. and stuff. I just said, no, I'm going. You know, this is... But isn't that healthy to know that there are things more important than our industry?
1: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I do. It, like you said, it's the shock. And the shock allows you to carry on. The shock protects you. The shock goes. Don't explode in the car. Yeah. Just get into a room because they yeah. won't handle it. You'll make it. so it's doing a you a favor. But I find the shock what happened to me as well. It's like it doesn't go away when it needs to. No. So because you've gone into this survival mode, it's very hard to go. Okay. Well, now I need to break down. Actually. Yeah. And I think that if you had gone to that review, you yeah, you'd be you'd be in real trouble now like it's you'd be in some, mentally it, you need scary. to start crying
0: the sort of crying I did did scare me oh
1: god because yeah. it's a
0: different sort. Of, it's a crying I'd never experienced before that sort of seems to come from the, the depth of your soul yeah and yeah, I made such strange noises. The, noises. <laughs>
1: the noises, I used to wait till my mum and my brother went out because I was a teenager, and I'd have to wait for like an empty house, Yeah. and then I'd have a really good cry and make those, like that honking, you know? It's yeah. just,
0: and then I would sometimes yeah. stop and laugh because I'd be like, what a, no- yeah. What a noise. Yeah, sometimes it's that, like silent screaming oh, where there's yeah. no noise, but you're kind of, your face feels like it's screaming. It's. It's, as my friend said, the one who lost her mother, She said, first week, it's crying, sleeping, Mm. eating, if you can, that's it, repeat. And also, what happened to me, interestingly, was, like, physically, my nervous system just went absolutely crazy. I I became so hypersensitive to noise. Any noise would hurt my ears. I felt like I was permanently in kind of flight or fight. Yeah, yeah. Like light, smells, anything with the senses. Like I my had, um, senses went
1: crazy. A really horrible uh, trains. You know when you're at the platform of an overground and the, yeah. that fast train comes yeah. fast. Yeah, it used to make me cry because yeah. the sound of that train. That. Yeah, it was too violent. Used, it, yeah, it was so violent. I used to be. Yeah. I was so embarrassed. I never told anyone. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh my god, a fucking train! And you can't stand here without crying. But it felt.
0: You feel like your skin is blistering. Yeah. You know, I, it, I, I can't believe how highly sensitive. my body was to everything Mm. yeah everything was overwhelming i think that's shock as well yeah i think you've had a real sudden death i felt so pathetic i just became Mm. so the anxiety was just rampant i i would stay awake till 6 a.m often just rigid with anxiety just got very paranoid very snappy with people that's hard Mm. as
1: well because i think people don't quite understand that reaction. Sometimes no, they don't no, understand they don't. that grief can make you irritable.
0: Yeah, or they think that you might be done. Yeah, or you—they <laughs> don't mind crying.
1: Like I think people are like, oh, she's crying. She oh, she just lost her friend. But when you're being snappy, yeah, it's like, well, what? How's that got anything to do with the death of someone? They don't connect yeah, the two. But which, the
0: anger's a huge part of it. I yeah, think. and also shame. I've concluded. Like, mm. I, I think there was shame about the fact that I felt sort of like people looked at me like a victim. There was a sort of shame of, that you break the social contract by being a sort of lunatic, yeah, by yeah. crying or telling people. Some people reacted badly and then I felt ashamed mm. because I'd said something out loud. What kind of reactions? Just kind of awkward or? Well, it was really interesting because, so for example, when I was, I went back to the job, when the thing I was filming in the castle, when I did go back, Everyone knew. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, Because it was was like a week in. And mostly people were amazing because I would cry just openly. Mm. I'd be sobbing, you know, like in makeup. I'd be sobbing here and there. It was really interesting, like, who stepped up to the mark. People I wasn't expecting. Mm. And there was one woman who was a real Mother Earth type, and she was the worst. (laughs) She was fucking pathetic, and it made me... Very suspicious of Mother Earth types and forevermore. She couldn't handle it. There was just, yeah. like, this total fear in her eyes and she ran away. I think most people were a bit like, oh, Christ, no thanks.
1: <laughs> I think some people just don't know what to say. No, they just. No. I think especially if they yeah. haven't experienced it, which a lot of people haven't, it's amazing, even much older people just yeah. haven't, haven't yeah. had a, a loss, a very painful loss. And the other thing I've learned as well is some people... The people who sometimes react badly sometimes have had a loss, and you are causing them to remember it. And that's what I was really shocked about because I remember, again, being cross with someone because I thought they were shit. And then they sort of said, Oh, actually, it happened to me. And I had a very good friend who lost his mum, my God, about 10 years after my dad. And I couldn't, I was really shit. I became the shit person because I just because they were close to me and I could see the pain and it was all a bit too near and I remember I don't even like saying it but I didn't go to her funeral and all the friends went and everyone was like oh you know this is thinking I would understand and it was the first time I felt like I can't I can't understand because it's too
0: yeah it's bringing up too much for me but then that's I don't know self preservation isn't it in a way against going revisiting that pain again like you said
1: that social contract is so strong yeah it's really hard yeah i, but think, I don't give a shit anymore no good good you should i think, you, I think people should do. talk about it and cry and i remember crying once and someone asked me if i wanted to leave the room at a, at a theater thing they were like <laughs> would you like to leave the room and i said and i was like why like what what's what do you i want to leave
0: my life <laughs> yeah
1: but I thought, are you going to do something? Like, what are you planning? And they were like, no, because you're crying. And I said, like, you'd shout yourself yeah, yeah, Like, oh, dear, like, kind of in that, do you want to go and clear yourself yeah, out? Yeah. And I was do like, go
0: and hide, hide all that. Yeah,
1: and I was like, no, no. like, like yeah. I'm fine with it.
0: How long was the job then? Like, sort of six weeks? You know what, weeks? I, I, I continued everything. I worked for about six weeks, solidly, straight after. And I, And when I stopped... It, that's when it was hard mm. and I went away with some friends and as soon as I got there on day one and I'd stopped I thought this was a huge mistake yeah I feel so bitter so angry just everything I felt rage about everything and, and I didn't feel like I could explain it properly
1: what did and you do did you say I the just very yeah I just was
0: very quiet very yeah. self-contained and just tried to I don't know write it down I've always known that about myself. Anyway, it's like I will. I just need time alone to think and process stuff, and then yeah. at some point I'll emerge again. But I remember like a couple of days. I remember like sort of the next day, someone texted me saying, mm. "Are you going to So So's party?" What? And I nearly said, "Well, they didn't know." Oh, they didn't know. I and kidding. I nearly, yeah, and I nearly sent back. I think it was a boy that I quite liked. Yeah. I nearly sent back like, "God, I'm fucking not." <laughs> God, I'm fucking not. My life's just fucking falling apart. Day, yeah, yeah. but he just didn't know. I remember at that point thinking, I can't imagine ever going to a party. All my priorities have changed. Yeah, I've got no sense of my my sense of has changed, of reality, of time, place, like everything. It felt, it felt like a profound change. Yeah, and it's still a, it's just still a shock. I think it really, especially, especially with an unexpected death. Yeah,
1: it's it's like the the earthquake thing, isn't it? It's like it, it does it shifts everything, and it, and nothing is yeah. ever the same. And it takes time, and yeah. it's such a fucking cliche. But there isn't a magic time where no. oh, well done, Casey. You've done a year. Tick. It's done. Yeah. It's like no, it will take years, and, yeah, it's, and it will change. I think the priorities thing is really that's what happened to me at fifteen. I was just like, oh, well, I can't, I can't pretend anymore. Everything has changed. If it's tough because yeah. you didn't make that choice you no. didn't decide to understand that life is bleak and can be taken away <laughs> like yeah. somebody made you understand that lesson
0: I'm really sad sometimes I'm just sad for him yeah. for the life I lived oh, yeah. and just thinking about the things he was going to do I remember like we had, we had really I at one point we even had a discussion about who he thought would die first between us like a funny just yeah. in that kind of light way and he said it'll probably be, probably be me talking about himself we sort of laughed. it was strange at the funeral, just how much he was the person I wanted to tell about this day, <sighs> yeah, because all the people from school were there, and all like people we had like nicknames for people we had that we were secretly a bit obsessed with, like he would have just found it so funny mm-hmm. to see these people and how they now look in our mid thirties like it was just the two of us, and it was so intense. I imagine it must feel a bit like this to lose a a partner, yeah. It really felt like such a partnership. And he was so imaginative that a lot of our friendship, I think was based on escapism and our imag- our little, it was like real, um, we were both quite happy to exist in th- these kind of little fantasy worlds sometimes. yeah, It felt like it was a bit of a contrast to anything that was stressful or grown up in life or work related. Mm. It felt like when we talked, it felt like we were 16. And he wasn't remotely sort of... I mean, he was proud of me of things I've sort of achieved, but he wasn't remotely impressed or interested in anything to do with, like, oh, I met so-and-so the other day, oh, I'm going to be on a TV programme. He just... It just didn't feature in in our relationship. It was just about exactly as we were at 16. It was completely unpretentious. And also what was really sad, I remember just... He sent me a birthday card not long before he died, and it never arrived... And we had this ongoing conversation where he'd say, you know I sent it. And I'd go, oh, I believe you, I believe you. Because it just never arrived. It yeah. was kind of odd. But I mean, I believe he sent it. And I've still never got it. And I got in touch with the Royal Mail mm-hmm. and said, is there any way you can find this birthday card? Because yeah. I never got it. And he said, you know, the funny thing about this card, the reason I'm really gutted that it didn't arrive was because I really, I didn't write stupid jokes. I really just wrote in it how much I loved you and how... How much I love you. Sorry, that was it was still present. (laughs) You know how much I loved you and how how amazing you are, and I never. I I never received it. I mean, if I received it now, I think I'd be a complete mess. Yeah. Like I've still got you know like on WhatsApp. Once we discovered you could do voice messages. Uh,
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, I haven't. I can't. I can't listen to his voice. That would be.
1: Not yeah. Anyway. No, that would like, be too much. Yeah. But that's what
0: I was going to say. I was there was a book I was reading. I think it's called Continuous Bonds, and it's it makes the argument that the sort of Western approach to dealing with loss is that we at some point you have you can, can it's whether or not you should maintain a relationship with a dead person. I see. Okay. And it was sort of saying that in a, the the Western kind of approach is you detach and that's healthy. Yeah. You let go. You let go. And it was saying that in some cultures. No, you maintain the relationship. It's just different. Mm. And I thought that was really interesting because I don't feel like I want to detach. I don't yeah. feel like I want to let go and delete things and therefore, yes, I've accepted he's gone. I, I, If it means almost like I'm kidding myself that he's sort of still alive somewhere. Mm. I don't mean in a spiritual way. I don't, yeah, I'm yeah. not interested in any of that. But I came up with a good analogy for it. The other day. Like I was in a room full of hundreds of people and he was just like... I oh. couldn't see him, Yeah, <laughs> but he's in the room. Yeah. But there's just so many people that I can't see him. But you that's, know he's there. Yeah. And you're just waiting to get his eye Yeah, broke, and I'm yeah. All, he's just disappearing around a corner. Oh, you know, man. I'm just kind of like... Because he was at the centre of my life mm. from being a teenager till... And that's that's crazy from, from sort of 14 to 35. Like that That's a lot of change and that's a yeah, lot of... Yeah,
1: huge and formative years yeah. and someone who's gone and seen you
0: through those weird moments and awkward moments and pain and yeah. you know, all of that stuff and it's really sad that we're, we're sort of just meant to know who we are now and I think he would have got happier as he got older mm. I, really, I really do but then also I know that he would have hated ageing yeah. <laughs> he would have hated not looking <laughs> he would have hated being less attractive <laughs> <laughs>
1: The life unlived thing is really hard. Yeah. It's really, really yeah. hard. And I think when people say let go, it's just trying to deal with the pain. Yeah. It's just yeah. trying to give you this idea that maybe there's a way of making the pain yeah. be easier, but there isn't. There You're really isn't. alive
0: and you have to, as, as really wanky as it says, turn to the living. Yeah, yeah, you, you know have to really turn do. to yeah. those that are still alive. It's, yeah. it's about not
1: getting lost in their world because they are gone. But equally, I... I don't believe in that. I've talked about this before on the podcast. Like we've, although I've lost it, but I know it's somewhere in my mum's house. We've got um, like a dictaphone and my dad talking. Oh, really? And it's just like him being like, okay, send that letter, need to call this, but because he worked from home. And yeah, I would never delete or throw that away. And I, God, I wish I had like it all on the phone (laughs) because that would be much easier than going, mum, where is that stuff? So I think not deleting that sort of implies that he was never part of your life, but yeah. he was such a big part of your life. So the WhatsApp, the text, the number, and then I suppose because phones are so ubiquitous and we, can, yeah. it's like he's with you. It's like you can always look and it's, you can always be reminded of that him. It's and- really
0: strange. I go to text an email and his name comes up as an option. You know, you know, uh, and it yeah, suggests yeah. that happens several times a day. Sometimes I've got used to it now, or on Facebook. Actually, the strange thing, isn't it, when someone young dies and they've yeah. a Facebook page and yeah. All that. Yeah, I don't like to look at pictures of him because I think that it's... I just don't... I just want to avoid going... It's too raw. I just mm-hmm. want to avoid going... Yeah. Being so stung, like, in the middle of the day. And also, when I see a picture of him, it doesn't sum up the sense of how it felt yeah. to be his friend. yeah. It's, it's not just, enough, is it? No. It's just flat. Yeah. It's, it doesn't quite correlate with how big this feeling, how powerful the, the loss is. Just looking at a photo and going, oh, well, it's just that this person isn't around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really make sense, but I, I sort of know what I mean.
1: Have you talked to his family about it, or do you... You don't have that relationship with yeah, them? Yeah,
0: his mum and I have had quite long phone chats. Right, yeah. And... Um, It's been difficult with my... Both parents have been unwell, actually, this year, but my father in particular, because any spare time I have, I move on and deal with that now, which also feels like a very adult, very different kind of sadness, but a sadness all the same. And I've wanted to talk to her a lot more, but every time I've just come... It's been so much trying to deal with my family's... Mm. Family stuff that some days I feel like I can't now... Go home and then open up. Oh God, yeah. There's only it's so much grief. you can deal with. Like, so I, when we when we speak, it's been it's been really cathartic though. Speaking to her, it's been amazing because I'd say that he, myself and his family and maybe one other person were the people he loved the most. Mm. And um, his mum said to me that he could always tell when he was on the phone to me because we'd be la- we'd just be laughing. Oh. We laughed a lot, a lot. He was so imaginative. I mean, I think funnier than a lot of people I meet that are doing it for a living. Yeah. Which is often the way. Yeah, it's
1: often the way. The p- most funny people you know are not yeah. doing it for a living at all. That's why <laughs> they're was, sort of still happy.
0: <laughs> yeah, he was very um, unique. Annoyingly so. Like, I would sometimes say I mean, something I thought was amusing or I'd run something by him and he would just say something... Just that was immediately funnier than <laughs> anything I'd been planning yeah. all the morning or writing all the afternoon. He would just casually say something, and it was so sort of left field. I think it was just the way he's his brain worked. It was just completely left field, and I was quite addicted to it. Yeah, just wanted to hear what he would say about this and what he would say about that. And weirdly, my friend, the friend that that we were all a close little group in school, she said the other day. She said. Yeah, it's he. It's so good that he died before Brexit and Trump. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, you're all right. He didn't experience any of that. That's oh, he so missed funny. out on the awful 2016. Yeah, you know, it. yeah. Yeah, it happened. It was, um, isn't that awful? I think it was October the 20th. It was late October 2015. I can't believe it's been that long already. So it was a year just in yeah. last winter. Last winter. Yeah.
1: Have you had people on, um, I just wonder because it was a friend, have you had other people sort of being a bit, surprised at your reaction like I wonder if people are like oh well, it's right. not family yeah. so like why is Katie so upset kind of thing or have people generally kind of got it it's
0: funny because I do find myself weighing up how I'm going to feel when the inevitable happens with my father and I don't quite know when oh, you know it's hard to know what stage we're at but quite frail. and I do weigh it up and they are quite different they are different types of losses it is more profound in a way isn't it it's just, de- it I a think just different. It's just like, different, you know. I guess what's strange about it was that he was, not I'm not close to my dad, but I guess he was so... Yeah, he, he was there when we formed as people, and, like, sixth form was one of the happiest times, actually, of my life. And he used to say it was the the happiest time yeah. ever. It was a really carefree, quite innocent time where we just laughed a lot. <laughs> Sounds like a novel... And it's also sad when I think of how how he was when he was so young and where he ended up, and the idea of saying to him at 14, you know, you'll be dead at this age. Oh, like, God,
1: I know. It's so weird when you think, I've
0: had that with friends, and you're like, if we could have paused time and yeah, gone out of these yeah. four people, you'll be and dead. Like, it almost feels like my grief's become quite sort of self-indulgent and <laughs> really, like, just focusing on every you know pedantic angle of his death
1: i don't think that's self. i think it's just grief i think you do you go through every little pedantic angle like it just you sort of have to like
0: that's the process you you know and i think it felt like it was a point where i became very self-pitying and yeah i mean that it sounds like i'm being too hard on myself i think it just i mean as i said like being chemically altered which i'm really i just was happy to take the help i think i needed the help yeah and now i'm just on the other side of that i definitely am talking about him in a more detached way mm. like i can feel that i'm not i don't feel like i'm going to cry when i talk about him which i think is being chemically altered <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> somewhat. but do you think it's also just
1: time yeah i'm sure like just time. being a little bit able to I don't know. Sometimes I felt like I ran out of
0: tears as well. Like yeah. I ran out
1: of being crying about it all the time. So I was able to talk quite
0: calmly about it because my yeah. body was just like, we just can't keep doing that. <laughs> yeah, no, and you can't. You yeah. can't keep up that intensity. I, I know I've got, I've got a little rash on my eye from oh, crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're like it's pulling so, tissues oh, across my God. eyelid. And, I just, it's horrible, and then you think, don't give
1: this to me like now. <laughs> yeah, I got like an eye infection. <laughs> it's <just> like,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's oh, funny, isn't it? I know. Thanks. I think your body knows that something something's going on, <laughs> something's not yeah. normal. Then,
1: how did you when you were taking? So, was it just antidepressants? Yeah. Thing, did you miss the intensity of the grief, or was it just a relief, just to well, not
0: feel that? It, it, it was a complex thing. In some ways, it made me. It just it, it gave me this glimpse of life without any anxiety to oh, the wow. point almost where it was a bit weird. Like <laughs> I was doing some pretty wild things. Yeah. And. I think it affects... I've done a lot of research about it. I think for some people it does less, make you less inhibited. Oh, I'm sure, yeah. and It's taking away that worry. And... I was on a very low dose. There were times where I felt quite wild, quite hyper mm. on it. And I kept going back and forth to get the dose right, and there were lots of times... It definitely, I think, dulled my creativity, which is how we make money, and yeah. that's, like, terrifying. That worried me. But then also, my theory was that I actually... Did more but not as well because the voice had gone going (laughs) oh this is shit like no one's gonna read this Like what are you doing this is so pretentious no one would read this like that voice went so it's just like oh la 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 i'll just write this oh and i'll write this but i'm sure it was a bit like cocaine sometimes like really humorless really wired bit intense wide eyed, just like talking at people (laughs) one-sidedly i didn't like it i didn't always like it but then i think once i just got the dose right and I was on it for about seven months. It reminded me what normal was. I think my anxiety and just the despair. Yeah. I was just in a pit of despair. Everything, admin became very hard. Getting out of bed became hard. I became convinced that I was just, like, talentless and worthless. <laughs> and oh, that everything man. was over. Yeah. It was so strange. It's so...
1: The bleakness yeah, is it was really bleak. overwhelming. Especially, that must be hard because he he died in October. So then you yeah. hit that fucking run of like november christmas january which is just bleak cold freezing gray
0: yeah and i put my dad in a home like in the january oh, so God. i was just i couldn't cope yeah my brain had reached its capacity of stress and sadness
1: i think that's totally fair enough. i think yeah. like bodies do get to a point where they're just like no yeah enough i i don't like said you run out of tears you run out yeah. of capacity to go oh okay that's happening now is it And I think, you, like you said, you either get medication, you talk to someone, or you have a breakdown. Like, those are your options. It was interesting
0: to see if I'd carried on, if I would have ended up in the Priory. I I, I don't know. I think maybe I was headed for some sort of breakdown, but, and I think embarrassment would just bring me back. Yeah. (laughs) I think just, it would bring me back of like, oh God, no, like, don't just pretend you're, it would be really embarrassing to sort of have a breakdown in front of this person. I just don't have a breakdown today. So I was still able to control. Yeah,
1: that's good, that's a good sign.
0: I do like those moments of pure,
1: uh, like, when you're purely cr- or someone catches you in pure grief, and there isn't a voice being like, oh, God, this is, oh, this is a bit embarrassing. <laughs> like, I like that you still have that reality check, like yeah. you said, of
0: like, oh, I don't want to be this person. But it is, what was scary about the medication was that I think it knocked off the joy and the and the sadness. Yeah. So I just was in the middle. Yeah. Just existing in the middle, which is also quite odd for me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because
0: I've never really lived there in the middle, emotionally, yeah. so... <laughs> it was a totally but at least now it's just it's given it's sort of made me realize that things had got pretty abnormal Mm. and that they it become just I'd got used to it I'd yeah of course yeah I think I just really passively accepted that this was just all under the umbrella of grief and Mm. that I just had to put up with it I wish I'd done something about it sooner so I was a bit worried about 'Cause everyone says you have terrible withdrawal. And I sort of haven't. I've been okay. I've been yeah. all right. But just occasionally I'll notice something. And again, I can't say to people, Oh, no, I am listening. It's just like I'm coming off medication. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's really odd. I said weird to be Can't talking about. you can't you say that to people? I don't know. I think you have to choose you're right, you have to choose the right person. I did worry that I kept saying to my friends, Am I? am I weird? Am I being weird? Do I seem do I seem normal to you? Because I feel a bit like I took, you know, I took this dose. Of, like, I would sort of do, I, do I some different, do some different on this. stuff And would they say, no, you seem exactly the well, same? No, or? my fri- my really dear friend would sort of say, you seem like you, quite <laughs> stoic, um definitely less emotional. <laughs> but you no, know, you seem like you, but just uh yeah, like a little, just sort of one re- one removed. You turn down like a volume
1: notch or something. Yeah. yeah.
0: It was really, I just felt, but then I thought that that was paranoia because yeah. I kept sort of saying to people, Are we okay? Are we are we having upset you with you? It's just I'm, I can't quite tell because I can't yeah. read people in the same way because I feel like really like less sensitive. And on it's the so, because it's not
1: like, you know, I know everyone says this, but it's not like if you'd cut your hand and you could be like, Oh, it's healing, I can see it's healing. But with your brain, you're like, well, I
0: can't see if it's getting better or this is easier. Yeah. Or, you know. Also, now that my full emotional range if you like, is coming back yeah. and I feel like creativity is coming back I feel more appreciative of it mm. I really do I kind of realise that that's how I am and yeah. it's how I why I think I'm creative it, I it's, think that's
1: amazing that you did it though because I think like you said to just give yourself a break yeah. to just allow your brain so that you, you give yourself the time, yeah. so that now you can go. Oh, well, now I appreciate it, and I can talk about him without physically sobbing. And yeah. like, you know, you could. It- and
0: also, someone said to me that they thought that perhaps as well that it's about. It's not like this magical pill, but that perhaps you form it, you, different behaviour, hmm. um, different behavioural behavioural patterns begin, which forms new thinking. Yeah. So that actually. It's also about you getting yourself better because you're behaving differently, because you're not just in bed all day on your yeah. own crying or whatever.
1: So, you're still writing about him at the moment?
0: Yeah, I'm writing, I'm trying to write a novel, and it's quite sort of memoir based, which is, I suppose, brave. Yeah, and there's something really useful about turning it into a piece of writing as well, because at first it was just like an outpouring, kind of getting it all down. And now I'm at the stage where I think the the slight the tiny bit of logic I do have, that logical part is taken over where I think, Oh well now I have to look at it objectively like it's actually a piece yeah, of yeah, work. Yeah. So now I'm just thinking about, oh yes, that that bit's really juicy and emotional. I'll put that there. Oh that bit's you know oh that's amusing I'll put that there at the top like it, it's not like I read it and I relive it yeah I'm just like oh okay this is like an essay so it's allowing you a distance that yeah, perhaps you yeah. couldn't have had I mean it almost feels a bit icky how much distance I now have <laughs> I'm like <laughs> oh this this bit's great this will really make people cry I, I think <laughs> I unfortunately
1: think <laughs> and I don't think if you're not a comedian or an actor it does sound icky but if you are I'm like I totally understand where you're coming from yeah this kind um, of like me-
0: vampiric yeah. I'll just suck all the experience out of Me my and Pascal mm. always
1: say, like, that's that thing of, like, when you are really crying sometimes, you can't help. Just glance in the mirror. What does it look like? And <laughs> you know, what, what does... <laughs> remember that face? That's oh, good. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, like, yeah. and if you're, if you're not an actor or a comedian, I'm sure that sounds like the most hideous thing. But if you are, you're like, oh,
0: yeah,
1: like, yeah. I mean, but, why not?
0: But also, when you're so in grief, I couldn't work. I couldn't have done anything. Yeah. I mean, there was just no way I could have... When I was kind of in the pit, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I, I couldn't. Such was the... I just wasn't well, I don't think. I, I couldn't have worked. I'm somewhere in the middle now. Yeah. A year and a half on.
1: God, yeah, I think that's really important. And I'm sure like he, well, I don't to speak for him, but I'm sure he would, like you said, would want you to be okay, would want you to be able to deal with it. And as you are a creative person, if that's how you deal with it. Yeah. I don't. You know, have you it,
0: written about what happened to you much? I haven't
1: written about it, um, funny enough, I haven't written about it like literally. But I would write stuff, and then it would take me six months to go, oh, that's about my dad dying, and I
0: didn't realise. Oh, OK, so it would be like it, something happens in the story yeah, where something it goes a, or dies. Yeah, all, yeah, all like the characters flower. I wrote had dead people around them. Okay, there was always yeah, this dead... Yeah.
1: I even wrote... My first Edinburgh show was a, a character whose dad was a magician, and she was, like, the shit assistant, and she kept saying, I he kept calling the dad and he never came in the room. Oh. And she kept going, dad, dad, dad. And he never came in. And she was oh like, oh, God. I've got a cover for him. Dad. And she'd just say, oh, he's coming, he's coming. I don't know why he's not coming. And at the time, performed it, thought nothing of it. And then, um, oh, that's so like six months later, I was like, <laughs> that is like, in terms of like psychology 101, yeah. you wrote a character who, a daughter whose father would not come in no oh matter God. how much she called. But at the time, I did not see it at all. And I now think, yeah, it was my way of dealing. And I think I I couldn't it's taken me now to talk about it as me. It took, I just couldn't be carried out talking about it. It was like mm, yeah, no course, So I would yeah. it would leak out. Yeah. And then it leak out in ways I didn't even bloody realise until oh, god, I was
0: like yeah. I was like, Oh I wonder what that one did. Oh about. god, I mean I, I also there was a point where I I think I like the way I dealt with it was by kind of returning to a more familiar or manageable pain. Yes. So yeah. I would kind of get involved with a guy who I definitely knew didn't want me <sighs> yeah. because that pain of rejection was much easier yeah. to deal with. Like, oh, like call someone and go, I'm just, you know, I'm just feel so rejected. And, uh, like, that was, looking back, that was definitely an easier pain to deal with. Yeah. Your brain's going, well, let's just do that because yeah.
1: we know how to deal with that.
0: Yeah. But exactly. this shit is awful. <laughs> yeah. Or I would um, get so stressed about a tiny little work thing. Yeah. Le- leakage. yeah yeah yeah. it's weird more manageable pain
1: it takes time I always say that but you look back on things and go oh that's what that was about so I think it's great if you can write about him now with a bit more distance
0: it's also like I don't feel like I'll ever write anything that will be good enough to represent him yeah I, I feel so guilty part of the reason I'm doing it is because I didn't speak at the funeral for really, really, really shit reasons, because it was like my horrible perfectionist brain mm. thought. I thought, well, people know I write. I can't write. It was the day before, and I thought I won't be able to write anything that's good. That's good enough. I totally understand. To represent, that. It. I totally understand that. Yeah, I just thought I, I felt really guilty about it. It was so stupid. Also, I thought I was just I was I was feeling so introverted at that mm. point, and so like self-contained and still in shock i just wanted it to be an easy day yeah me. yeah and and also maybe it would have felt like work or something yeah, it would have felt yeah. like yeah i would have been like you'd have to on. be on yeah yeah i just remember thinking and you'd have to crack jokes and yeah you would have expected it to be funny i just wanted to sit and sob and kind of be left alone mm. maybe i don't feel bad about it because i don't think you should it's at how at i dealt with it
1: with that first year, there's so many little things that you can be like, oh, oh, I should have done that, should have done that. But it's like, yeah, but you were grieving. It's like your leg was broken, so no, you d- you didn't do that thing. Yeah. It's like that, you were going through something. So you can't, you know, you do make mistakes or you do things or you'll snap at people and that's what grief is. That's the thing as I well know, with grief as well, when like silly, like little real reality things. Oh my God, you know? yeah. It's very hard to deal with reality. It's often like?
0: the domestic thing which pushes one over the edge, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> breaking a glass or something oh, and suddenly you're on the floor yeah yeah definitely it's well right. Katie thank you so much for coming in thank you so much I feel um Feel a lot lighter for that. Good, I'm glad. I'm sorry, it wasn't as funny as some. <laughs> that's the joy of this podcast. Episodes.
1: It doesn't have to be funny because we're talking about death. So that's what I like about it. It's like the one <laughs> time we don't have to be on.
0: I mean, off. there are funny bits, aren't yeah. there? Yeah, of course.
1: Right, I'm gonna let you go to your plumber. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much. You've got to get to a plumber, guys. End the podcast. Got to go and meet a plumber. Thank you so much. You can see Katie in The Miser at the Garrick Theatre in London and you can also follow her on Instagram, really underscore Katie Wicks, which I highly recommend for a series of bizarre and very beautifully curated images. Thank you for listening to Griefcast. I've been Cariad Lloyd. You can find me on Twitter at Lady Cariad, or you can tweet at thegriefcast or email me thegriefcast at gmail.com. Music is provided by The Glue Ensemble and you can find them at theglueensemble.com.